1: everyone and happy monday not this is the worst day of the week except for sports because well at least for people like us for sports because we get to sit there and reflect on everything that happened over the weekend that's why i think mondays are actually a pretty dope dope day to do this because you have the most to talk about we had we're going to talk about a nice win that rutgers had on the road against indiana and then we're going to talk about the two huge football games uh these had this was probably one of the most hyped up championship sundays in, in a long time We had two. Two of the greats going at it and Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And then we had uh Mahomes and Josh Allen kinda of in a youngin' showdown, even though Mahomes is playing like he's far more than just, just your average youngin'. So I think we should start football first since that's the talk of the town.
2: Yeah, I definitely think uh we had an exciting weekend. You know, um Just seeing the the young guys in the AFC, seeing the old guys in the NFC, it was really exciting. Uh, You know, Patrick Mahomes is showing, continues to show that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, or he's trending that way at least. And Tom Brady continues to show that he's the GOAT. He got Tampa Bay a home Super Bowl, which is unheard of before this year. And, you know, Tom Brady's career is full of first and just breaking records. And at 43 years old, when most quarterbacks are retired for five years, he is still thinking about, what he can do next and he's just proving himself to be the goat all over again
1: yeah i mean i think i think even in the past like he's gained a lot of respect i think from a lot of his critics because i know he's one of those athletes like lebron who's always received the most hate and everything you watch the sport to either root against him or for him i feel like he's one of those players so i I, but from my at least um insights from social media and friends i, I feel like a lot of people were, were kind of just overall impressed he's not the, the brady of old so to speak in, in terms of how he's jumping off at you on the screen like this is the best quarterback in the game but he's still the guy who like just wins games and it, it's it's incredible because listen i know that this Bucks team brought a lot of talent in there and this is not just obviously it's football it's a team sport yada yada but the saints have a very talented team. There's talent on that team. The Rams, they have a ton of talent on that team. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that I, those are just two that I can name them that that have a lot of talent and still can't, Get to a Super Bowl, nonetheless, do it in one year and have the pressure that he does always. It, it's it, he had the hardest road to the playoffs in my opinion too. Even though Washington is a joke and its fantasy elites and they're they're crap, but still a good defense. Still, still are you know threatening to an older quarterback like Brady. He's stepping out there on the field with guys like Chase Young. These people are trying to hurt him. Honestly, they're they're, they're trying to get to him. So that's still a tough challenge. Then you go up against the Saints, in which many people it's Super Bowl year every year for the Saints because again. They're loaded with talent. Then the next best team will, to everybody, the team that was going to play the Chiefs and the team that was had the best chance to beat the Chiefs in the Packers goes out there and beats the Packers, nonetheless, at Lambeau. Now, a guy and a team who plays in Florida in the heat, and then you're going to go out to the coldest place in, in the NFL and catch a W. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it was um really impressive to see you know, Brady come out in Lambeau and, and win a game like that. You know, usually that's reserved for quarterbacks like Eli Manning, but it was nice to
1: see uh,
2: Brady get a Lambeau win in January too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, again, like, I understand that there's many people complaining that the Packers beat themselves and and maybe they did, but at the end of the day, you know, if somebody, if somebody like Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be what many people think is the most talented quarterback of all time, all this stuff, he, you can't have three turnovers on defense and not capitalize and win the game off that. To, to me, that that's more so something that, again, you could say that the, the Packers lost them, like lost the game themselves. But to me, it's also like, I, I don't, I don't see a, a scenario where a Brady led team gets three turnovers on defense and doesn't come out with a victory at home. I don't see it. So that that's, that's me. Comparing the two, because I know everyone wants to compare the two all the time. So that was my takeaway from my biggest takeaway from the game is that Brady is a natural born winner. And even though he's not at the point where his talent is exploding off the screen, he's still a quarterback who who knows how to win a football game. His IQ is off the charts.
0: Absolutely. I think for Tom Brady to be doing that at his age in the NFL is just so incredible. I mean, you look at football players who generally have shorter careers. And of course, you know, quarterbacks tend to play a little bit longer, you know, when it comes to that spectrum. But Tom Brady just making it look so easy right now. I mean, to be over 40, putting up those numbers consistently. And this is, you know, he hasn't played with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for as many years as he played with the Patriots. He joined that team in the weirdest offseason in NFL history. And he's already taking them to the Super Bowl. And I think that's just, that says so much about his character and about his drive to win football games. Yeah. And it's also just people all the time want to say that,
1: oh, he brought in a lot of talent to this team, but it's football. You can't really create a super team like that. We, we, we've seen that, like I said, with the Rams. They have, they have a ton of talent. They bring in somebody like Jalen Ramsey. You have the best defensive player in the NFL, two decent wide receivers, and Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup. And the one year when they had Todd Gurley, they just didn't have the quarterback. That was the piece that was missing. And what they, they couldn't get it done, so it's just showing you again how much that that Brady really means that team. I mean, the Bucks. Who is a Bucks fan, or who who is rooting for the like who who is pulling for the Bucks all these years? The first year he steps on it with this team, he, he takes him to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's incredible to me, and it's honestly laughable. It, it it really is. Like I'm laughing here right now just thinking about it. That this man really went to this team off a win, and now they're in the Super Bowl hosting it, the first ever. Uh, his 10th Super Bowl appearance it's it's comical to me and you have to just it's, it's hats off you have to
0: applaud him yeah I mean things things move fast but I mean when you look at the Buccaneers like you talked about with the Rams before the Bucks, besides for Gronk and Brady they I mean they're receiving core they had Mike Evans they had Chris Godwin they had Scotty Miller all before the season started so I, I just find it super interesting too that you know Tom maybe Tom Brady was that final piece in the puzzle for for the Buccaneers and you know yeah. those are all three talented wide receivers and they you know maybe not with Jameis Winston at the helm but with another decent quarterback maybe they could have been you know a top 10 receiving court but that, now I mean look at that I mean. they're on a plane on a different level and that's what I mean about just winning games
1: so because you talk about like eye-popping talent of like Mahomes when you watch him when you watch him play you can just see that this dude is super skilled in his prime uh, well, not even you could debate that he's even in his prime, but he's getting towards his prime. And you see somebody like Jameis Winston, same exact team, um, he can't get it done. I mean, yeah, he made some some nice throws through threw for a bunch of touchdowns last year and, and all of that, and got his receivers active, but at the end of the day, they weren't winning games. So it just it it just speaks to Brady's IQ to be able to, to go in there and understand that where where he's at right now in his career and what he needs to do to help his whole team win, win the football game. And that's not anymore trying to put on a show and hit these deep bomb balls and and sidearm throws and little scoop passes like Mahomes. Now he's just going out there and winning football games. And I know he threw three picks against the Packers, but if you watch the game, I mean, one of them was definitely not his fault. An- another one would be debatable. And the other one was one, he threw one pass that that hurt the team against a Packers team that everybody thought was the second-best team in the NFL. So I, I honestly am so hyped for the Super Bowl. I think it's one of the best matches we're going to see in a while. And I know the Chiefs are on an absolute tear, but I, I genuinely think that this is the only team that can match them offensively, but and and it's breaking. Do so. yeah, you
0: guys have any um, early projections you know, for the Super Bowl? I, I think you we'll, know, we'll get, we can't we'll, we'll, we'll overestimate to we'll get
2: how amazing the feat is that, that Tom Brady has performed getting this team to a home Super Bowl of 43. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes in four seasons might possibly have an MVP award and two Super Bowl MVPs. That, no, I mean, you're for most about... players in most positions, is a Hall of Fame career. I, I think about... it's crazy that we're watching Mahomes carve out his Hall of Fame legacy in front of us. And, like, everyone knows he's going to be a Hall of Famer. The question is, is he going to be the greatest quarterback of all time? i think it's very possible but you know just the things that he's doing at this age are just incredible honestly
1: and that's what's also fueling brady to keep going too because i think he sees this guy and he's like whoa this this kid is actually if anyone's gonna take my record from me or or possibly take my goat status from me it's gonna be this kid so he's not trying to throw up the mantle just yet either and um I, I agree with you. I, I think that people look at Mahomes just way differently. Like we talk about somebody like, oh, Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback. He is. And that's a big free agency signing for whoever lands him. But he's not even – you can't even hold a candle to what Mahomes is doing right now. I and mean, it's just – he can't hold a candle to it. Neither can Lamar. Neither can Josh Allen. No, nobody can hold a candle to it. And that's why we look at Mahomes in this greatest of all time light in the fact that if he has one game that's not like – absolutely jaw-dropping numbers you're like like oh uh, like you know you start talking about other quarterbacks already but because I know all year everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers having an MVP or oh, Josh Allen is having close to an MVP or and they, they, they keep shading Mahomes but if you look at what this guy's doing it, it's it's unreal like it, it doesn't make sense not that they're shading him but it, he gets he, he's we're so used to him putting up these insane numbers I feel like that we don't talk about it enough.
2: It's the LeBron treatment. It's the same thing. Yeah, you know, it is. It, that, LeBron that's he's every year now. is putting up twenty-seven, seven and seven, which is ridiculous, and people are just kind of like, "All yeah, right." The second well, something new comes we're going talk about Luka, We're going
1: to talk about. And like, about it,
2: Lonella, it's like, almost yeah. that his regular season stats have become, you know, less valuable, in the eyes of sports fans because you know everyone expects him to have the big season, forty touchdowns, you know, four interceptions. Everyone expects him to have that type of season, but I think ultimately. Yeah. You know he's going to become more defined by his his postseason performances than you know the no look throws and and the 500 yard games. You know he is going to be defined by the way he plays in January and February. And so far, you know he's tracking extremely well. He might have two Super Bowls by the age of 25. So yeah,
1: I mean I think it's, you know it's going to be I, I, I interesting
2: think... to see the evolution of Patrick Mahomes and his relationship with with uh, with the fans and the way they see him.
1: I mean it, it's all going to come down to rules the way kansas city handles things i mean if you want to talk about because in order to be in, in my opinion for him to pass or even come close to brady he's got to get at least four or five rings and at that point it's not just him it's, it's also the organization like bill belichick was constantly evolving his team and constantly putting the right pieces around brady and i mean if kansas city keeps doing that then yeah i, I don't see a scenario where he won't almost catch brady in my
0: opinion if I mean, time. he's got time on his side. Patrick Mahomes has nothing but time. He, you know, just like we yeah. mentioned before, he's super young. I mean, he has he has his whole career in front of him. He just signed that massive contract. Um, You know, his top receiver in Tyreek Hills, you know, he's not super old. Travis Kelsey, again, not super old. Patrick Mahomes will have weapons around him for a couple of years that, you know, we could see, I don't want to call it a dynasty yet, but we can see the Kansas City Chiefs be a force to, to reckon I mean, with. Already, the next it's
1: of years. already – it's already a dynasty to me, like with what they're doing on on the field. It's this is this is now a scenario where I mean, what's it three three um three AFC championships in a row, and now two Super Bowl appearances in a row, and MVP behind them. And, and truthfully, I, they might give it to Aaron Rodgers, but again, it, it's a scenario, it's a LeBron scenario. Where I think Mahomes got it again this year. I mean, what did Aaron Rodgers do that Mahomes didn't? I
2: I don't I don't know about that one, Brant. Rodgers had arguably the best statistical season of his entire career. He, I mean, he was the best again, quarterback he... in the NFL, and no one's doubting that. But, but, but Aaron Rodgers was the clear MVP winner this year. He had to have been just with the stats <sighs> alone. He threw like four interceptions all season. He had to have been.
1: See, I, I mean, did they, they have two? I don't know, man. They they got, they had two losses on the year now. Now, hey, I know you don't look at the postseason, so like, I, I know you can't, you can't do that. But in my, in my opinion, when you talk about who who means the most to a team, I know Aaron Rodgers did, again, it, it's one of those scenarios where it was like, where it was one of those Westbrook, Curry, and, and Harden, like really good statistical years. But when you actually break it down and say who meant the most to the team, I find it hard to believe that you can definitively say that Aaron Rodgers meant more to his team than, than, than Mahomes.
2: That's fair. It's, you know, it it's the age-old debate about what the most valuable player award means. You know, is yeah. it does it go to the, the the person with the best statistics? Does it go to the person on the best team, the best person on the best team because they're essentially the most valuable? Does it go to the person who lifted their team up the most? You know, it, it's uh it's it's a very loaded question and you know, it's something that even the voters of those awards have tried to solve for years, but Yeah, I mean that's what know, I'm saying. I mean, I yeah, am sure, you really, can give it. Uh, you can I give really it to Aaron Ross, think that but- Patrick Mahomes is gonna do very, very special things. You know, things that we we don't even expect and we we can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can. What I'm saying is, you can give it to Aaron Rodgers, yes, but you also can give it to Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's not a there's not a scenario where I'm saying like this guy, with and without doubt, is 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 your MVP. I know they'll, they'll probably end up giving it to Rodgers because again, he's alleged to. They they want to build some more accolades on him. Mahomes is gonna have his time for years to come, but I I just I just don't see where you can be like, yeah, like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers definitely got it over Patrick Mahomes this year.
0: But here we are. I think looking at some of Rodgers's numbers from this year, um, six interceptions, two of which came in one game, but still, I mean, going six interceptions in one game, um, he threw over for over 300 yards several times and um, and again, I mean, he's like Tom Brady. He's getting up there too. He's he's not he's not a young man anymore. Um, but just like Tom Brady, he makes it look easy. He and he does just like Tom Brady too. He does have receivers. He has one of the best receivers in the league with him. Um, but to be able to do what what Aaron Rodgers did at this point in his career, with the abbreviated training they had over the you know team training they had over the offseason is incredible. And when it comes to MVP this year, like, that is that's just such a tough call. It's such a tough call.
1: Yeah, I mean, cause I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at some numbers now. I mean, you had Mahomes threw for more yards. He had uh, six interceptions on the year, as to, to Aaron Rodgers is five. I mean, if if you're not counting, I, I guess if you're not counting this last game, and uh, passing touchdowns. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had he he had ten more passing touchdowns there. So I mean, it's 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 really close. It's it's really close. But again, if you if you're like me and you look at postseason, but obviously they don't look at that. But I'm saying if you do, it's it's not even close. But that's a story for another day. Why don't we talk about the the Bills and Chiefs game, too, and and what your guys take was on on that?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I was very adamant about how I felt Buffalo was going to play and their defense just didn't hold up. That's it. You know, that was that was really the question of the game. You know, if their defense can stop uh uh Patrick Mahomes a couple times. I thought their offense would be able to beat up on Kansas City's defense, but you know, Kansas City's defense yeah. showed up. They did what they needed to do. The offense did what it usually does, throw it to eight different people who are all amazing for some reason and you know, score 40 38 points. So,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah,
2: you know, I was a little disappointed just because I thought Buffalo was going to go to the Super Bowl, but not surprised.
3: I was disappointed yeah, but, but they wanted Buffalo, a good game. But Buffalo had too much. But Buffalo had too many conservative play calls, oh, especially. They had a chance Ra- to go Braz for two is... touchdowns, and they hit two field goals, which is yeah. just an absurd thing to do against Patrick Mahomes.
1: We got a new, we got a new newcomer in Raj. Raj just came. Oh. In. No, I'm kidding.
3: Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> no, but I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I was, I was a because I just wanted a good game out of it, but I knew, I, I knew once, once. If Kansas City goes up by two scores on you, it becomes so freaking hard to to, to catch them. Because now, now you got to talk about having to outscore them and slow them down. It's it's really hard. Patrick Willis has to have a bad game. And when I saw like what they were what they were doing and how they were answering things, so immediately on the first drive, Bills get the ball. They go four on fourth. I was really happy that they did that because I think you have to do that against a team like the Chiefs. They do that, put three points on the board. Then they have the muff punt. They go up nine. And I remember there was another scenario where I was like, you know what, they should probably go go for a on fourth. And you don't do that. It's You have to keep your foot on the gas on, on a team like this because the second that your offense isn't replicating what they're putting up, it, it becomes so hard.
2: You have to match up with KC offensively, and no one can. No one's going to be able to match up with this team until you know, contracts or something breaks them up. This is... You know, if they can keep most of these pieces together, this is a dynasty we're looking at in Kansas City, and I don't think I'm overstating yeah. it. Like they are good. No, you're you're not. And it is going to be extremely hard to beat them over the next few years.
1: You're not. I personally think the only team that could come close to them offensively is was was now the Bucks. In the beginning of the season, I thought Seattle's offense could keep pace with them, but that completely folded on me. But I think the Bucks were. I I thought. The last how the how the season ended and how they looked coming into the postseason. I thought that they were the best team offensively to match up on them, and they have a solid defense. But it really doesn't matter. I think Kansas City is defense proof. It doesn't matter what defense you throw in front of them; they're going to put up a a decent number, a decent number of points. Like I'm, I'm looking some of the better defenses that they played this year and and what happened. Trying to find, trying to find something. I mean, they, they played like they said they played the Bucks and lost and won by three. Still put up twenty seven points. I think the Bucks have have a solid defense. Miami had one of the defenses for a good spurt of the season there. They put up thirty three on them. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, Buffalo. Yeah, that that game just happened. Buffalo. We thought had a good defense. Put up thirty eight on them. Um, earlier on in the, in the season, too. But Bills still had a good – when they played the Bills earlier in the season, they, they had a good defense at that point, still put up numbers on them. It either, It doesn't really matter what defense you throw. It's going to come down to the offense.
2: And we are back on the Monday edition of the WRSU Crew. I'm Dome McCoy, joined by Rashaw Brant Wolf, and Gideon Fox. And we are here with every Degenerate's favorite segment of the week, Locks of the Week, where you trust four college students with your bank account, which could be a problem, but I digress. I'm going to lead this off. Um, tonight, I am going to go to a basketball game. Philadelphia is minus five against Detroit. Uh, I think that's a lock. Detroit is bad; their best player is Blake Griffin, and yeah, they're one of the worst teams in basketball. And Philly is pretty good. Embiid is playing at an MVP level, so Philly minus five. You could probably take them minus nine and a half, and I still think it would be reasonable. But um, if anyone else wants to go next, they're 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 free to go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, this is kind of. Uh, obvious one so it kind of it kind of is like brand what the heck but um the lakers are playing the Cavs, and the lakers are 9-0 on the road i, I think that's a pretty cool stat and i i think that they're going to continue that although they are the 11 point favorite so I, I don't think i'm telling you something you don't know but i think the lakers win that game that's a that's a that's a nice
2: safe that's bet a, right there nice brand. i'd love right to there. see it
1: yeah, it, it's it's yeah, safe, I mean, it's I, safe. I mean, I honestly if think if you, you bought some points bought on some on points, this on the spread, double maybe spread, double eight. digits is always double a tough one. But if you bought it to like eight, I think, eight. They, win like I think eight. they win by like eight. I'm
3: gonna go next. I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, so I think the Heat are traveling tonight to the Nets. Um, surprisingly, looking at the way the Heat have played this year, um, I think it's gonna be a domination by the Nets. I think they're favored by seven points. I would take minus seven. Um, and I might even take the over two on the two hundred and thirty six. I think it's gonna be a wall above that.
0: And I'm going to the NHL for mine tonight. The Ottawa Senators play the Vancouver Canucks, and the over under for that is six and a half, which I I blows my mind. These are two of the worst teams in the entire league. The Senators currently stand at one three and one. The Canucks are two five and zero. Oh. Like I said the over/under is six and a half, so I'm taking the under on that game. I, I, I'm surprised if these teams—if one team doesn't get shut out, I'd be surprised. But I, I could only see two, maybe three goals being scored in this one. But definitely taking the under on this one. Hockey bets—always something that
2: fascinates me. You always have the spread at a, at a solid number. A lot of pushes in that sport. Very interesting to bet on. I don't know, Gideon. Are you a, are you an experienced hockey
0: better? Uh, I'm definitely not so don't take any of my advice um but I mean these are just two of the worst teams in the league I mean this is this is like putting money you know like like you guys were saying before you better we want to bet against the Pistons like you want to bet against both of these teams um these are not the most talented teams they don't really have you know a lot of goal scoring talent um so I mean this is just this seems like an easy bet to me it seems like a lock of the week
2: I mean, it can't be any worse than Troy Savino last semester on the Wednesday Crew when he was telling people to put their locks in for Lamar and Chattanooga.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more obscure than the Canadian division in the NHL.
2: You know what? I have college basketball up. Uh, I'll give an obscure. Excru- I guess I'll give an obscure one for college basketball. I am going to take Prairie View A&M minus 9.5 against Arkansas Pine Bluff. (laughs) And I'm only doing that so that maybe one person will watch Prairie View A&M versus Arkansas Pine Bluff.
1: Beautiful.
0: All right. And welcome to the hour one sportscast of the Monday edition of The Crew. In the conference championships in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Green Bay Packers 31-26, to sending Tom Brady to his 10th Super Bowl. For the first time in history, the host stadium's team will play in the Super Bowl as things are set to get underway at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. In the AFC, the Chiefs ousted the Bills 38-24, to and the Chiefs will have a chance to win the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill and tight end Travis Kelsey combined for 22 receptions, 290 yards, and two touchdowns. The NBA is officially a quarter of the way through its schedule, and the Los Angeles Lakers remain atop the power rankings, followed closely by their Staples Center rivals, the Los Angeles Clippers. The Philadelphia 76ers moved from ninth all the way up to 4th in the power rankings. The Brooklyn Nets only fell one spot after losing two games to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Nets are back in action tonight against Miami Heat. Yesterday, the New York Knicks lost by three to the Portland Trail Blazers, a team trying to crack the top ten in the power standings. The Knicks will take on the Cavaliers tonight at eight. In the NHL, the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders split their home and home series. The New York Rangers lost three to two to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Flyers lost two in a row to the Boston Bruins. This has been your Hour One Sportscast. This is Gideon Fox, and thank you for listening to the crew.
1: All right, welcome back to the WRSU crew, the Monday edition here, and we just spoke a bit about the NFL uh, Conference Championship games, or still we could still go on about those for a while, but something else big happened in our world now, no longer the entire world, because I feel like the entire world kind of fell asleep on Rutgers basketball again, but we didn't yet, because we obviously cover it, and we are... Rucker students. So we, we obviously have a deep care for this. Finally got our first win in January. Big we day for 0- Rutgers. Big day for Rutgers. We were 0 for what? I don't even know. 0 for 5 in January or 0 for 4 or something. 0 for um, 5. 0 for 5. 0, 0 for 5 in January. Um, all, all I know was that was a big win on the road at Assembly Hall against the Hoosiers. Four-point win, tight game, close close fought. However, it, it's still, in my opinion, scary hours for the Scholars Knights team. And I think they felt that
3: this game. Um, they needed this game really bad, I thought, really uh, bad. going into it. Yeah, like I thought the season was on the line, which I, I don't it take is. that away. Because no. if you don't win that game, it's just, I just don't see how you progress from there. I think they found their identity back at least, or some part of their identity back. I mean, there's still a lot of things to clean up, but I mean, there's two things I really like. First, they out-rebounded Indiana, which is the identity of this team, with especially Miles Johnson and Cliff O'Marui uh miles johnson had a great game um and then i really thought geo baker got things going for the first time since um game one of the season when he had the ankle injury so uh, i thought those two things were really important uh ron harper jr so i look like he's ron harper jr um you know everything's swinging back to the way it should be the only problem you have with rutgers is you got to win the next two games in my opinion you got to get back to six and six um and if you win the next two games, then you kind of get back to a position where you kind of calm tempers down and you're back on that path to make the NCAA tournament uh, very easily, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that this next game will get to, every, every game right now for, for the near future is almost a must win, in my opinion. I think the next yeah. two,
3: I think, I personally think the yeah. next two are missed wins. After that, it's yeah. kind of like in the next three, if you can get one, if you can get a win either against Minnesota, Michigan, or Iowa, you're on your way, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so that is still asking you to take care of business against Maryland, Northwestern, and and Nebraska. But like, if you can't take care of business against those three teams, then there's a big problem here.
1: Yeah. I mean, but I, I think about the Big Ten, though, is that there's there is really no easy game. So, I mean, even though we're saying that they can win these games, they're, they're still in a, a panic situation. And I think you saw that with how just how they played really against the Indiana game. I, I, I call it the second half of it because I was watching a, a whole bunch of stuff. So, with the football and everything. And I couldn't have the full control on my TV at, at the moment in my house. So I, I caught the second half of it, though. But just how they were playing was really, like, ur- urgent, in my opinion. Like, like yeah, they were locked in. But it was it was different than when this team was locked in in and, and the beginning of the season when everything was clicking. And they were it, – it, like, this was forced urgency, which needed to happen. It was basically a battle of who needs to win this game more. I think Rutgers showed it.
3: Yeah, I, and I think it shows up a lot of opportunities now. Um, look, if they take care of business in our 10-10, and 10, they'll make the NCAA tournament, right? Um, the problem is, like, what if you end up, like, 9-11, 8-12 in Big Ten play? Then you have to go to the Big Ten tournament and win a game or two, and that puts a lot of pressure on you. So yeah. it's just really finding about, the, finding about the balance here. So I think the key thing for this team is really going to be, you know, they've never beaten Michigan State. So, you know, that game on Thursday is really important um and that's what happens when you lose two when you lose three pivotal games against penn state michigan state and ohio state um three games that you could have won or if you at least won two out of three or even one out of three at this point you wouldn't be in that bad of a position like five and five right now wouldn't be that bad as four and no. six it, it would be
1: so it, it would be middle middle of the big ten just about yeah
3: yeah it'd be middle, i mean forget the standings right but it's just like like from like a confidence point of view you're like all right yeah. we need to win five more games um it would still be like it'd still be like daunting like it's not like impossible but it's very much possible and i would give them a good chance right now i'm probably saying they have like a 50 percent chance of going six and four in the last um 10 games like it can happen but there's also very good like an equal chance it might not happen so i think the next two two games the next two games set the set set the tone for the season you have to go and win the next two games um because that's the position you're in at the moment
1: yeah, you got two against Minnesota. So, I mean, it'd, it'd be generous to say you're winning both of those. So, if, if even if you went one and one there, then you have Iowa, Michigan. I think it's generous to say that you're going one and one there. But even if even if they drop – No, if they go one and one, against,
3: one against Iowa and Michigan, I mean, they're on their way then.
0: Yeah, if that's you're generous. Pull out, if you're that's, telling that's me – Yeah, yeah. So, so, in my so opinion, so what you what count I'm...
3: those two games off, and you count the Minnesota away game as a loss already. That's how I approach the season as a bit. Um, and with that, you're left. You have to go six and one in your remaining games.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. So if, if you if you wrote those off, yeah, you got, yeah, you'd have to go six and you'd have to go six and one. I personally think they can rattle off one of those Iowa or Michigan games. They have the talent to, but at right, this point, right. and, and, until I see them win these next two games, I'm not going to definitively tell anybody that they're winning those games. But I think they I have mean, the they talent will... to. They have to show me again.
3: Right. I mean, they win the next two games, they'll, they'll be getting, they might sneak back into the top 25. So, like, yeah. you know, yeah. So, I mean, that just tells you the talent of the team. So, um, look, it, I saw a lot of good things. There's still a lot of stuff, stuff that's going to get cleaned up. But I like the lineup change by Paykel. You know, took out Mathis, took out yeah. Young, brought them off the bench, started Mulcahy and Geo J- J- Baker. Um, sorry, McConnell, who've been, been, you know, some of the better play, uh, playmakers this season. And Mulcahy straight up in, the, you know, the Penn State loss, he was the one who ignited the second-half comeback. So... Um, give a lot of credit to that kid. I mean, he's he's really kept the group together, um, showing a lot of leadership. And then Miles Johnson had his best game in, in a long, long time. Um, you know, keeping Jackson Davis out, essentially not having a chance to put up any points, uh, not get any, any any easy offensive rebounds. Like Jackson Davis wasn't even a, a prominent force in that game. He's been dropping 20 points a game every year. I mean, every game this season. And he, yeah. and he dropped like 13 points, but it didn't feel like he dropped 13 points. It was just like he got a few like... You know, offensive rebounds, and he got a couple of like free throws, and, and that was it. Like yeah. he didn't have a presence in the game, and that's all thanks to Miles
1: Johnson. Yeah, no, Miles My, had a really good game. I know he had that clutch offensive rebound at the end of the game. Um, huge, and, huge. Yeah, maybe game, huge. Maybe game, maybe season-saving offensive rebound. Yeah, seriously. I mean, because we're we're at the point where they where we think they need to go six and one in in the in these in these upcoming games. So you drop that, I mean, that, that would have been that one loss right there. Yeah, pointed, right, so.
3: exactly. So, um...
1: so it's, it's huge. Geo Geo came back clutch, e- even though he, he, he hit some big threes, which was pretty much the, pretty much the bulk of his points because he had four of those. I mean, Brent, but I mean, otherwise- let's give
3: let's, it... Let's I mean, this game would have been much... This game should not have been close. First of all, Indiana shot their brains out for threes. Um, They were shooting yeah. 70% from three-point land, which they haven't done all season. They were 33% shooting... Uh, 33% uh, three-point Uh, team. So if you just... You know, if you just take their odds, and if you if they just shot 33% or 40% of the game, Rutgers wins this game by 10 to 11 points easily. So... You know, uh, the reason it was close was because Indiana was shooting, like, their minds out. Um So Rutgers was by far the better team in this game. It was just close because Indiana was just shooting the ball, three-ball really well.
2: How sweet it is to have Geo Baker scoring points again. He matched his season high with 19. You know, he really stepped up when we needed him, which has been the Geo Baker trait for Rutgers. You know, he's he's an automatic step-back guy whenever you need him. He's an automatic bucket whenever you need him. And, you know, once again... When all else fails for Rutgers, Gio steps in and, and saves the day. He played great. He had five assists. I think he had one turnover, you know, very efficient game. Um and yeah, you know, everyone's really stepping up. I think I think Ron is not going to get back to that level that we saw at the beginning of the season. I I hope he does, but his play is telling me otherwise. But it's interesting to see where this Rutgers team is going to find scoring down the stretch of the season? Because that's definitely going to be a huge part of whether they go to the tournament or not, is their scoring.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we saw Montez Mathis a couple nights ago, or a couple weeks ago at well, this I point. Think, he shot five for I five from three. Um, but, but now Montez Mathis was, I mean, he was held, obviously he lost his starting spot last night. He was held to three minutes of play last night. He had one block. That was That was the only stat that made it onto the score sheet. Um, and Montez Mathis is going to have to be one of those rotational players that if Rutgers wants to make a mark in the big 10 tournament or in the NCAA tournament, Montez Mathis needs to step it up and hopefully, you know, him not starting last night, hopefully Pike benching him, um, you know, sent the message into his head and, and, you know, drilled into him that he needs to step up because if he doesn't, there are guys who will step in ahead of him.
2: Yeah. Um, this Rutgers team is definitely deep, you know, uh, in the guard position, they're a little bit. I would say they're a little light in the forward position. We don't really have too many guys who can be classified as like forwards. Maybe Ron. He's like six seven. And you know, I think having Cliff back is huge. Just getting Miles out of foul trouble every game. And yeah, if there was a time for this team to be healthy, it's it's now because they need to play the best basketball they played all season. And that includes you know they need to, they need to play better than they played against Iowa every game in order to you know keep their hopes alive and you know, really put on a strong ending this season and have a chance to be a team that can make a run in, in March. But you know, it, it basketball, college basketball is very strange sometimes. So we'll see what this Rutgers team produces uh, towards the end of the season.
0: I think they have the talent to do it. I mean, this is the team that beat Illinois. Um, it was one possession away from beating Iowa uh there there are stuff we have to clean up but I mean last night they shot 70 percent from the free throw line that's unheard of for Rutgers this year that that's been that's been what's getting them pretty much every game this year you know had we shot any bit better from the free throw line we could have been in Iowa we could have been tied against Michigan State at the half if not have a one or two point lead and then who knows where that game goes after that Uh, but in a a league like the Big Ten where you know you're not really going to see a lot of blowouts you need points where you could get it and if Rutgers could you know, shoot even eighty percent from the three throw line, that that would be amazing. But shooting seventy percent last night, they went twelve for seventeen. That's a huge improvement, and that's a huge, huge key to victory in a four point game. Yeah,
1: I think free throws are going to be a huge thing. I think also um, in in terms of Ron getting somewhere back to to where he was, because I meant I heard one of you guys talk about how you don't think Ron could return to where he was in the beginning of the season, and I I kind of agree, but I also think that he was going through a hot streak and i i think that his hot streaks are not something that are unattainable i just think that this is kind of his kind of more so where where he's at still like a like a 15 and 10 guy uh, or maybe you know maybe pushing more towards the 20 points not these 25 almost 30 point bombs that he was dropping at the beginning of the season but i still think he can get there but it's just not going to be as consistent i agree with that but i, I still think that his ceiling is that
2: Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. This season has just been so interesting. We went from you know the beginning of the season where we don't really know what's going to happen to two weeks in where you know eleventh nation we're going to the final four, to you know a, a <laughs> another sense of of uncertainty. The season. You know, much like
1: 2020, this basketball
2: season. It started looking like we're going to the, uh, was, it was, it like going to the NIT event. Uncertainty, I mean. yeah, shock,
1: horror. Uh, I guess
2: uh, some good things, obviously, but it's just been interesting how, how the Rutgers season has kind of followed the, the scape of 2020 and just, you know, the shock and unbelievability of it all. It's just been so interesting to, you know, sit back on the sidelines and, and be able to examine and watch this season.
1: I agree. I, I think it's. This season has been a roller coaster of some sorts, and a couple of people hopped off after the, these last couple games. And it's not over yet, but there's definitely some technical difficulties going on right now, and, and we're in the midst of, of a repair mode.
2: can we just talk? and welcome back to the wednesday edition of the wrsu crew till mccoy joined by raj shah gideon fox and brant wolf and now we are going to go into our segment can we just talk so we're going to spin the uh wheel here and see who it lands on Well, looks like it's going to be me uh, this week, so thank you, Spinning Wheel. I always appreciate it. Um, What I want to talk about today is the Rutgers women's basketball team. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but you probably haven't heard a lot about them on Crew. You know, you haven't heard a lot of their broadcasts on WRSU. That is because they have had eight games in a row now canceled due to COVID concerns in their program. Um, I was actually having a discussion about this with broadcast administrator Mike Pavlichko before in the day. And, you know, we were talking about whether we think Rutgers women's basketball should cancel their season. And I'm personally on the idea of if you only have like eight, six games left and you have eight in a row canceled, you know, at some point, safety has to take precedence. You know, you have a coach in C.V.A. Vane Stringer who's who's a cancer survivor and whose family has had a myriad of health problems. So, you know, I, 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 I think I'm not saying that it's like their fault. No one knows how they got covid, but. At the same time, you know, for the safety of the players and, you know, the other teams and just to be able to get other teams to get their schedule in check. I think rockers, the women need to seriously think about, you know, putting an early end to their season.
1: I, I think that with the whole extra year of eligibility that the NCAA granted, I I don't see, I think that they, they granted this year of eligibility for this purpose to be able to to, if you need to almost cancel your season that your players can come back because i was i was about to say when you when you were talking about canceling the season that oh well what about the seniors but but they they can come back next year so if you really do want to finish out your senior year and play basketball one more time um i i I think that you should just come back next year because at this point what what are you playing for could we even could we even i i haven't been following it like that but could we even squeak into the, the 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 tournament somehow at this point like i don't i don't know like if you can't do that if there's no postseason to play for and all the seniors can come back next year i think canceling the season would be a poss- a strong possibility
3: uh, i think it's i think it makes sense to cancel it um forget the tournament i mean you you if you if i mean if it's different, I mean, because if it's gone on for eight games now, nine games now i I don't know when the last they played their game. I think January third, if I'm not mistaken, right January third was the last time yeah, they it played Nebraska a college basketball game, so it's been three weeks um that's not totally out of the norm um you know it might have been something where like it's sporadically spread around the the program and that's how it's gone on. I'll probably just see it. I mean if you're canceling games for another two weeks, yeah, it's time to call in the rains um. But if you think you can, your program can complete out the rest of the games on the season, I mean, the Michigan game is just not your. That's not Rutgers' fault. That's not Rutgers canceling. That's the Michigan University program canceling all sports for two weeks. So, you know, you got to see what happens after the Michigan game. I think if you're going to cancel one or two more games after the Michigan game, yeah, I think you call in. The, I think you call it call it in and um, you know end the season there. I mean, it looks bad for. I feel bad for you know some of the key playmakers on this team who came back for fifty, like Orellas Garantes. but. Um, I, I have no doubt that she would still get drafted. Maybe not as high as a stock, but um, she would still get drafted, and it's not none of her fault. So um, it, it's an unfortunate situation, and um, you know I think you got to let it play out for another week or two to see because the Michigan game you don't know, right? The Michigan game they could have been all healthy for and ready to roll. So um, and and regarding like C. B. and Stringer, like she might want to consider like you don't know. I mean, some coaches might sit out, um, especially. Um, if you have a four week outbreak, that means there's a big outbreak, in my opinion, within the program.
0: Um, you know, so a lot of speculation, but we don't have clear answers. Yeah, I'm with you guys on this one. And as sad as it is, and as good as this team could have been, it, it is time, um, unfortunately, to end this season. And you guys are saying with the Michigan game, that was scheduled for February 1st. Their next game after that is February 7th against Nebraska. That's in like two weeks from now. So, hopefully maybe there's some way they could play their final looks like seven or eight games, but at some point, it, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth it to compromise the health of everyone on your team? You know, this is, it's bigger than basketball. Um, and, you know, Aurelia Garantes came back this season because she had, she said, she said that she had unfinished business, you know, she wanted, she was upset about the tournament being canceled and, you know, she wanted to come back and she, she came back to the banks with a vengeance. Um, and I think regardless of who comes back to the team next year, this team is going to be has so much unfinished business it's not even like their postseason was robbed of them their entire season was robbed of them they only got in eight games they went five and three uh before they stopped playing on january 3rd this whole team will be coming out of the of the gates next year with a fire underneath them they're going to want to win every single game and get as far as they can so sure you know arela grantez may not come she may come out, she may not who knows but whoever comes back next year will, will want to win every single game and score every single bucket possible.
2: Yeah. Um. I really liked, you know, I, I actually got to commentate on this team early in their non-conference schedule before, you know, they had all these COVID problems and, you know, it was against Manhattan, but they look good. You know, they were very defensively. Uh, They had a high defensive pressure, you know, diamond Johnson is a freshman and she looks like a superstar. She looks like a superstar in the making. So it's extremely disappointing for this team. And you know, this is this is coming from people who benefit if this team plays. You know, we get more chances to commentate, more chances to you know be in here on Rutgers Countdown and everything. So you know, we, we would benefit if they if they continue their season. But you know, there, there's no point at this point. You're not gonna have enough games to really qualify for anything. Like I really don't think if they play out the rest of their schedule, they'd have to win a lot of games to really qualify for the tournament because there's a, there's more deserving teams that have played more games. And, yeah but it might you know, I think it's difficult be... to come back justifying playing five or six games you know then you play in the big ten tournament you play two more games and, and then you're done you know it might also be just like know focusing on the development of the team for the rest of the, the season you know just going back to practicing and I I just don't think that they viably and healthily can can finish this season.